funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT Radio for Everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT Radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in. Turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Oh my God, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tweeka Turner, your host, House of Pride Radio. We have quite a show for you today. We have the legendary, iconic Mary Wilson live at 7 p.m. So don't go anywhere. But for the first 45 minutes, we have super duper luminaries right here from San Francisco. Uh, filling in for Pearl Tees, my co-host today is the wonderful... Garza. <laughs> Welcome back, my dear. We're going to take a short musical break listening to Red Hot by Mary Wilson, her first solo venture, and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Baby, I'll come around 
my lord, isn't that a great, great classic Motown disco? It's during the disco genre. Red hot. We're gonna stop it right there. Wow, our green room is filling up, Garza. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> Shout out to John and Paul in the green room. Hey guys. How are you? <laughs> so Mary's fans and uh, collaborators are, are, are coming on in already, and we have more to come. Uh, and so you know me, uh, how excited I am about anything Supremes-oriented and, oh, and yes. all Motown and whatnot. I saw you, I saw you in a Supreme costume, yes. <laughs> Outfits and hair and everything. Uh, 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 let me just ask great. you this question before we get into what you guys are up to. Uh, what Have you ever um, done drag to a Supreme song? Mm, no, but I did some uh, Diana Rose singles. I'm going to say that counts. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that counts. Which yeah. one? <laughs> oh, which one? Oh, my God. Um, you know. Um, Three seconds. <laughs> oh, woof. Hard to remember. All I'm going to say maybe. Ain't No Mountain High Enough, <laughs> yes. just to oh, guess. Yes. <laughs> so I've done You Keep Me Hanging On a bunch of times mm. at the Tranny Shack, at yeah. Harvey Milk, um, Harvey... Um, Harvey's, 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 not Harvey's milk. Anyway, so on and so on. But, uh, all right, calm down, Tweeka, calm down. <laughs> so, folks, right now I want to introduce to um, you guys uh, Garza, my co-host. Hola, how are you guys? How are you, San Francisco? And Dr. Eliza. Eliza. Eliza, welcome. <laughs> how are you? Good, thanks for having me. What is your full title? Uh, my full title is Clinical Operations Director at Bridge HIV. Yes, and Garza, what is your title there? I'm a recruiter and a community events specialist. Fabulous. So folks listening to us today, this is, um, this is awesome because uh, you were on in the past, and now it's time for an update. We're, we're going to uh, get into what they're doing. Uh, we're going to talk about Bridge HIV Prep. Mm-hmm. which I'm sure everyone has heard of, um, the history of it, and um, so on and so on. Where would you like to start? Doctor? <laughs> Take uh, it away, doctor. Okay. Uh, well, I can give you a little bit of background on BRIDGE, um, HIV, just uh, in case people have not heard of it before. Um, I haven't, actually. You have not? No. Oh, I'm not sure I know what that is. Okay. Okay. So I'm all yours. Okay. Uh, So Garza and I both work at Bridge. Um, It's called Bridge HIV. It's actually part of the San Francisco Department of Public Health. Um, And it's really unique because uh, San Francisco is the only um, city that has a Department of Public Health that also has a clinical trials unit within it. So most other places, it's attached to like an academic center or... Um, not the city itself. Um, so it's it's pretty unique in that so sense. So would you say it's more accessible to the public? I think it's more in touch with um, the people of the city. Um, it's more in touch with uh, kind of the vibe and the needs of uh, the people who live in San Francisco. More streamlined, um, perhaps? Yes, more streamlined. Um, so basically, it was created as part of the initial... Um, Uh, AIDS unit that uh, San Francisco developed to research um, uh, AIDS when the epidemic was first starting in the 80s um, or first starting to be recognized. And we got hit hard here. Yes, we did get hit hard, but it was also really a nidus of advocacy because there was so much, you know, like action um, in the community and it was really community driven um, to make sure that... um, San Francisco was a leader in um, HIV research. 
so there's a lot that came out of that. Um, and uh, Bridge HIV eventually was created um, as its own HIV research unit to figure out ways to um, prevent spread of the epidemic. And so we've kind of evolved from that history. That's the, that's the very basic overview. So now what we do is um, uh, we do HIV prevention research. Mm -hmm. um, so that's HIV vaccine research, but also medications. Um, mm -hmm. for, well, before mm -hmm. we dive into the excitement of what's, what's present and coming on ho the horizon, how long have you been with uh, Bridge? So I'm pretty new. I've been there almost exactly a year. Today is my year plus one day anniversary. You look young to me. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you probably know the history, though. I mean, I'm sure. So let's go back. So during the 80s, what was the focus? So, you know, initially we were actually... Um, there was a study that was being done in the Department of Public Health, actually through City Clinic, um, which is obviously still in existence um, and does a lot of great work. Um, and they were doing a study of hepatitis B, uh, a hepatitis B vaccine. And they were particularly looking at gay men in San Francisco and the rates of hepatitis. Um, and then the AIDS epidemic hit. Um, and what happened is um, people who were working in that study went back to the late 70s when we were collecting these blood samples for the hepatitis B vaccine study. They looked back at blood samples with people's permission who had provided those samples and actually found some of the very first cases of HIV that have ever been documented. Um, and so out of that, we realized we had, you know, all of this information that we could use to help um, understand HIV and help prevent the epidemic going forward. Uh, and so that's kind of how City Clinic and the Department of Public Health got involved in HIV research to begin with. Um, so it was really the late 70s, early 80s when all of this started kind of coming to light. Yes, at that time we were at the research section of the San Francisco Department of Public Health. Now uh, Bridge HIV is a unit that also is connected with uh, international networks. So we work with the HIV Vaccine Trials Network, the HIV Prevention Trials Network, and the Microbicide Trials Network. Much easier to communicate with the technology that's available these days. Yeah. Yes, and also, it's, like I say, international. So we are tr doing the same clinical trials in different parts of the globe. At the same time. At the same time. And you can communicate in real time. Yes. Um, so it really, does, does that, do you find that speeds up the results uh, in studies and whatnot? I think definitely we can um, we can learn from each other. Um, we can also have more uh, robust data because there's more people um, to pool. And then you can also see what works for different populations around the globe. So you can say this, you know, we want to make something that's effective for as many people as possible, not mm -hmm. just pockets of people. So it helps with that too. Now, uh, when about when did the tide start to turn where the number of casualties decreased and survival rate increased. So that's been fairly recent. Do you want to? Mm, go ahead. Um, it's been fairly recent that we have discovered, you know, um, really starting in the late 90s and 2000s, um, uh, you know, antiretroviral treatment um, really started taking off and, and becoming more and more acceptable um, in terms of the side effect profile. So one of the big major downfalls was that it was really, really hard for people to take the HIV medicines um, because they had a lot of side effects. And now we've seen that 
Um, they're very, very effective and people can take them because there's not as many side effects. So that's been kind of the big turning point for the casualties. What, what changed in the um, compounds of the medicines that made it less toxic? I don't know if I could say exactly, you know, what changed. I think there was just, again, there's been such an advocacy to speed up the research and development process for these medicines um, I think because there's been such an outspoken community demand for them, which is really great. And I think a lot of that you can see in San Francisco and in like the spirit of the community um, and really pushing pharmaceutical companies, pushing the government agencies like the FDA to well, speed those two up. Big, big hurdles in the past. Yes, absolutely. So I've definitely talked to physicians who, you know, were there in the 80s, there in the 90s and saw, you know, it, pretty traumatic. A lot of them have PTSD from seeing so many of their patients die. And I think because of that, there was this, you know, urgency to try everything and anything and to push pharmaceutical companies to, you know, make new drugs and to give drugs, you know, for free or low cost, which many have done, and to push the FDA to really expedite um, the drugs to be developed and approved on a shorter time schedule. So I think because of all of that community push, we've seen a lot of development over a short period of time. So does the um, medical community know pretty much everything about the HIV virus at this point, or is it still an elusive little bugger? I think it's an elusive bugger, especially in prevention. Obviously, we don't have an HIV vaccine yet. Um, HIV is now a treatable disease, and you can live a long, healthy life with it if you get access to medicines. Um, and I think a lot of providers are... Um, getting to be more familiar with treating HIV. However, there's still a lot that we don't know about how to really prevent it from getting, uh, from infecting somebody in the first place, because we haven't found a cure yet. Do you feel like you can see a cure in, down the road, or is it still like in the fog? You know, I'm very optimistic. I also know how challenging HIV is. Um, Give me so, one example. I've heard things about this virus. It just, what, does it mutate all the time? Or Yeah, so there's a few things that make it really challenging. One is that um, it, uh, it integrates directly into our own DNA. So once it's inside our cells, um, there are some viruses that stay apart from our DNA and use our cells' machinery to make copies of it, but they don't directly integrate. So hep C is an example of that. So the hepatitis C virus, we actually have new medicines that have provided a cure. And that's kind of like this new, amazing development where we're actually able to treat hepatitis C and get rid of it for people. We can't do that with HIV because it actually integrates into the DNA of the cell. And so unless you destroy the cell, you really can't get rid of that. Ah. The other reason that it's so hard is that, like you said, it mutates all the time. So what happens is when it mutates, um, there are little variations that can happen in its own genetic material. So um, it basically is like having a lot of different species of HIV all the time. Every single time it mutates and makes a copy of itself, it changes slightly. So even though we call it the HIV virus, there's actually billions of different viruses. Gotcha. And that makes it really, really hard for our body to fight it because the little proteins that usually attack viruses and eat them up and get rid of them are always having to adapt um, to these new viruses, basically, and we're always playing catch up. 
Gotcha. So that's the negative. Let's talk about the positive uh-huh. uh, and the new treatments that are available for most people today. Garza, do you want to? Yeah, well, you know, like Alisa said, uh, medication has been improved in all these years, and treatment has been very successful with uh, with uh, all the cases and uh, for people living with HIV. So they are living longer and healthier, and uh, it's it's a wonderful thing that you know medication is is working in that sense for treatment. Now we're still trying to. Uh, you know, uh, continue working on prevention. So uh, for us, it's important to avoid new infections and, uh, and let people know what our next steps in, in, this, in this field. So we have good news today. So we had new, uh, new studies come in. So, um, and um, Alisa is gonna tell you about, about that, of course. And um, we are really focused on trying to address every community here in San Francisco Bay Area to be to be part of this. So I think we all together can make the effort to, to, to find some new ways to prevent HIV. So this World AIDS Day, we have um, present new, new data uh, and, and there is um, a consortium called Getting to Zero. And so we are uh, um, working on this new model to reduce and go to zero new infections, zero uh, death by HIV, and zero stigma. So, just in San Francisco or everywhere? At the moment, it's, and I'm sure this is going to be a national model that the people can, you know, and other cities can use. I heard the rates have come down. Is that true in in the city in the city of San Francisco? Yes. Yes. Uh, so, given this example of past and then what it is now. Yeah. So, um, well, what I would like to say is that the rates overall have come down. However, there are little pockets of demographics. So, in young people, they're actually rising, and in minority people, they're rising. And so, there are basically, if you can, this happens a lot in healthcare. If you can look at the general population, people who have access to the right medicines and have access to testing and treatment. Um, and where there's less stigma, they'll often be better off. And so what we're finding is people who generally have, um, who are poorer, who are younger, and who maybe live in more stigma where they don't feel comfortable getting tested or comfortable Mm -hmm. asking their doctor, Mm -hmm. they're the ones who get infected. And so um, something that Garza said about like really trying to make sure that we reach all pockets of people. That's what Garza is good at, breaking down the barriers for people so that they can get access to some of the drugs, like now I've right. heard of one called PrEP, P-R-E-P. Mm-hmm. What does that stand for? So that stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. So um, it really came out of the idea of post-exposure prophylaxis. So, um, you know, we have these anti-HIV medicines, which generally we would, we would give to people who have HIV um, that work against the virus. But what we found is that if somebody was exposed to HIV, either through sex or through, you know, getting stuck with a needle from somebody who had, um, had HIV or whatever exposure. Um, if you kissing, get, no, just not no, kissing, it's a joke. Bad this joke. is a teachable moment. <laughs> um, uh, so if there was somebody who was exposed and was afraid, like maybe they had been exposed to HIV, um, through blood or, or semen or rectal fluid, then, um, if you give somebody anti-HIV medicines uh, afterwards, there's a likelihood that you will prevent infection. 
what people found is that the sooner after that exposure you gave them medicines, uh, then the more likely it was that they would not get infected. So then somebody thought, what if the medicine was already in their body to begin with? And that's where the pre-exposure prophylaxis comes in. So this is the idea of taking a pill mm -hmm. daily t when you are HIV negative, but have a risk of contracting HIV. So basically you have the drug in your body already. If you are potentially exposed, you're protected. So and, that's where prep And I heard the studies show that it's, is it close to 100% effective? Or? So studies, there was um, one study called IPREX that showed overall for everybody who got, was given the drugs, uh, the PrEP, which is also known as Truvada, that's the brand name, um, there was a 44% risk reduction overall. But then when they looked at blood samples of people who had been in the study, people who had detectable blood in their system, meaning they were actually taking it, had more like a 94% risk reduction. So they've done kind of modeling data where they look at if you, um, based on the data that we have, if you take PrEP every single day and you're a man who has sex with men, because that's where the study, who the study was done in, um, then it approaches about 99% risk reduction. So mm -hmm. very, very, very effective if you're taking it every day. So in a nutshell, this like crazy virus that mutates all the time, what stops it now in, with this medicine? Like what's in the medicine that does that? Yeah, so the medicine, um, generally to treat HIV, we actually have to use three different medicines altogether. Um, one of the great things about the new medicines is that a lot of them come in a single pill, even though it's three That's different a huge medicines. breakthrough, I think. Yes, because then it's much more likely that people will remember to take it, right, if it's a single pill. So similarly, PrEP um, is a single pill, but it's two anti-HIV medicines. And the reason we need combinations is because the HIV virus is really tricky, so it can get around a single one. Um, but the two different viruses basically um, prevent the HIV from integrating into um, the cell's DNA at different points. So um, there's different points at which HIV can enter, and so the medicines kind of target it at those different points and basically prevent it from having passage into our cells. So it's, it can't get in. Mm -hmm. We are using Truvada uh, as, as PrEP, as prevention before you have been exposed. So, uh, and we are now working on other HIV medications to find out that if we can use them as PrEP as well. Oh, okay, so, so there would be more so than just one. Yes, just mm -hmm. one. So there are many different HIV medications now. Give us uh, one or two examples. Yes, Truvada was chosen because of the really mild side effects. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't affect the body, you know, it doesn't make much discomfort, you know, things like that. So now we're working on, on, on trying to find if other antiretrovirals can be used the same way or an, in a different way, like in a microbicide, in a lubrication with medication, mm. or a vaginal ring, or an injectable prep. You know, right? Well, that's interesting because really, a, a lot of infections in the world um, don't necessarily take place in the United States. Yep. Uh, in the gay population, there's uh -huh. a big problem in in the um, African continent. Yes. So, would that be something that would be more um, accessible to to that country? Yeah, I think that's definitely part of the reason. It's great to have these international trials, but also to make sure that we're looking at the global burden. So you mentioned Africa. So in South Africa, that has the highest burden of 
out of the entire world of HIV. Like most HIV is concentrated there. And actually the, the people who are affected the most are young heterosexual women in South Africa. And they've done some studies where PrEP doesn't seem to work, like the pill PrEP. There may be different reasons for that. It might be biological, you know, the difference between vaginal sex and anal sex and the different tissues involved. But it may also be a lot about whether a pill fits into a woman's life down there. You know, is she able to have the pills, you know, visible in her cabinet? Is she able to get access to them? Is she able to remember them daily? So things like vaginal rings might make a lot more sense for people in those situations. Similarly here, you know, like people might not remember a pill every day. And um, so for some people, an injectable might work better. And so we want to just basically do a bunch of research to make sure we have as many options as possible for people. We make the analogy to birth control a lot. You know, you have a lot of different options. We Mm -hmm. want the same thing for PrEP. And are these preventions related to a future cure? In, in, in the strategy or the direction it's going? I definitely think it fits into the framework of a cure. I think because this virus is so complicated, a cure doesn't mean a silver bullet. Hmm. A cure means lots of different ways to prevent HIV altogether. I see. So it means condoms plus PrEP plus treatment as prevention, you know, making sure that everybody who has HIV is on appropriate treatment so that their viral load is as low as possible. So not only are they healthy, but they're not transmitting the virus. It means lots of different forms of PrEP, and it means getting a vaccine. So I think it's it's not, you know, a one direction. It's making sure that we put all of the research out into as many ways as possible. Does that... That makes the, a lot yeah. of sense, yeah, yeah, to me, yeah. And that's our goal, you know, through uh, community education uh, where uh, I work, through, uh, to um, share this information in many different ways that people can, uh, you know, have the chance to ask questions and and uh, bring our their concerns to you know and so we are um, always trying to give presentations to staff uh, uh, at clinics or or schools or colleges um, you know more more educated people is is another way to prevent and, and I think the best option that we have for really getting to zero and preventing everything is, is a vaccine, is, you know, kind of our big holy grail. Um, but I think oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Um, people go to Walgreens and get a flu vaccine mm-hmm. every winter. Uh, I haven't yet, though. Um, <laughs> I'm scared of, the, scared of that. Um, so would that be sort of like you go to Walgreens and get a shot once a year or... So it, it would be more like, uh, I mean, my ideal scenario would be more like the smallpox vaccine. So, oh, one time. Yeah. So a lot of people don't even know about smallpox anymore because we developed a vaccine and then everybody got vaccinated all around the world and then it was eradicated. So that's kind of the ideal is um, one of the reasons, you know, the flu vaccine is so tricky is because flu changes all the time. So does HIV. However, with flu, you know, we can make new flu vaccines once a year and it is still a deadly virus sometimes but not as deadly as HIV. So with HIV we really need to make a vaccine that will treat every different type of HIV that's out there. Is that foreseeable? That seems really complicated. It is really complicated but we've been working on it uh, for decades and every single study there have been over 140 studies to date everyone builds on itself and um, we are at kind of a critical point where we're really starting to discover 
exciting new things. Like we found new types of antibodies that we're going to be testing in a study upcoming that mm-hmm. could inform future vaccine research. So I think it is it is possible. It's going to be difficult, but um, we're definitely getting closer and closer. Fabulous. Well, let's take a short musical break and then talk a little bit more. I will play this uh, song from the early 90s that um, has some reference to um, sex and whatnot. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Cause your friends don't dance And if they don't dance Well, they're no friends of mine See, we can go where we want to Place where they will never find And we can act like we come from out of this world Leave the real one far behind We can dance We can go and we want to Night is young and so am I we can dress real neat from our hearts to our feet and surprise them with a victory cry. Say, we can act if we want to, if we don't, nobody will. And you can act real rude and totally removed, and I can act like an imbecile. Say, we can dance, we can dance, everything's out of control. We can dance, we can dance, we're doing it from all to all. We can dance, we can dance, everybody look at your hands. We can dance. We can dance, everybody's taking the chance Safe to dance, well it's safe to dance Yes, safe to dance We can dance if we want to, we've got all your life in mind we abuse it, never gonna lose it Everything will work out right I say, we can dance if we want to We can leave your friends behind Because your friends don't dance And if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine I say, we can dance, we can dance Everything's out of control We can dance, we can dance We're doing it from pole to pole We can dance, we can dance Everybody look at your hands We can dance Everybody's making a chance Well, it's safe to dance Yes, it's safe to dance Well, it's safe to dance Well, it's safe to dance Yes, it's safe to dance Well, it's safe to dance Well, it's safe to dance It's safe to dance Well, it's safe to dance Well, it's safe to dance Well, it's safe to dance We're back, House of Pride Radio. Yes, that was cheesy, the safety dance. But, you know, hey, wear condoms just because you're on prep does not mean you can have unsafe sex or what? That's that's (laughs) definitely true. So kind of what I was saying before is we want to make it possible to have as many ways to protect somebody as possible. So not using one single method, but having, if we can have more ways to protect people and we know that they work, then we have to use them all together. So it's additive, not... The temptation to take off the rubber, though. Well, with PrEP, you can can be protected uh, uh, from HIV, but still there are other STIs that are 
going to harm you yes, and expose the you to gonorrhea. You know, there's a portal of entry. <laughs> so what I will you say never is, know. You know, this is a, definitely an issue that um, comes up. Um, we have done some demonstration projects. So there is a study where we did projects in um, <laughs> clinics, actual clinics in Miami and D.C. and San Francisco uh, that had about 550 um, men who were taking PrEP, and there was no increase in the number of partners or in uh, STD rates, and there were way less HIV infections. Now, so we do have yeah. some initial data, uh -huh. but in the real world, this works and does not increase STDs. Uh, that's the real world. Let's talk about yeah. San Francisco. Um, <laughs> I heard that the rise of STDs—it's the, the STDs on the rise here. That's true. HIV is on the, the decline. Decrease. Yeah. Yes. So, what's your hypothesis on that? I don't think I can draw a conclusion. I I will say that um, the fact that STDs are on the rise and yet HIV is going down means that our HIV prevention efforts are really working. So yeah. that's actually encouraging to me from an HIV standpoint because that is the most deadly STD that we have. So I'm not trying to, to downplay the importance of treating other STDs, but mm -hmm. I think the fact that people are having risky sex, obviously, or sex that can lead to STDs and the HIV incidence is still going down means that we're definitely making strides in HIV prevention. What would you say is the second most uh, deadly STD after HIV? You know, that's hmm. hard to say. I mean, syphilis, syphilis if it's untreated, it but yeah. it's a very easy treatment. You know, unless it's really late stage, you treat it with a single shot of penicillin. What are some of the symptoms of that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, we forgot to bring... Bring, where's your chart? You yeah, do you want me to go into it? I can totally. Sure. Okay. I, 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 yes, Pre so, prep me, no no pun intended, on, mm -hmm, on the uh -huh. symptoms of so, STDs. Uh, of all, you want me to start with syphilis? Sure. Okay. Uh, so syphilis um, starts with, uh, it's called a shanker uh, on an exposed surface, usually a penis, or um, can be anal too, um, which is just an ulcer. That you usually don't feel it's painful. Oh, we're getting text in real time as oh. you're talking about this. Okay. This is a good sign. It's a good uh -huh. sign. Keep going. So usually it's a painless ulcer, so people may not even recognize that they have it. Um, and then if left untreated, it can um, go into a second stage, which is usually a rash. Um, and then in late, late stages. Uh, know, like, like a rash? Like, um, like an all over body. Oh, like rash. something you would notice. You would definitely notice. Yeah. You yes. definitely I'm writing notice. notes here. Yeah. Okay. So, so this, we, is, this is what. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Does it? The ulcer? Does it, no, it's Does pretty, it leak it, like a, well, like milk in a carton? What? Oh, no. <laughs> get no, it doesn't John, get since pussy. you're talking, come a little closer, honey. And, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce John to the microphone. Hello. Welcome, John. <laughs> Don't be shy, honey. Why I come in on the syphilis talk? <laughs> it, it's hard to resist. Yeah. <laughs> well, the recommendation is to get tested every three months. Yep. You know? And that and, way you just know if it's positive, you get treated. I will say this. I have been tested for STDs at mm -hmm. the San Francisco cl Clinic, and they're so um, accommodating. The city clinic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, on, they're great. Is it on 5th Street? Or? It's on 7th and, and Folsom. Mm -hmm. Tell us what the address is. Do you have it in folks uh, listening to Not exactly to? the number, but it's uh, almost at the corner of 7th Street and, and Folsom. City clinic, folks. Yes. And, you can and it is walk-in. Walk-in. And you know what? They're, it's not what you think.
think. Uh, you know, um, they are very accommodating and, and it's a pleasant atmosphere there and they're very helpful. Awesome. Another, another place that you can go is Magnet in the Castro. They're wonderful. Oh, that's a good one. Super friendly and a nice environment. They, they're going to have a new place on, on, on Castro Street mm -hmm. that are uh, still on Folks, that's a good one too. John, I, yeah. think, I think John has the address. The San Francisco City Clinic is 356 7th Street between Folsom and Harrison. I would uh, like to give another shout out to Planned Parenthood um, because they actually treat everybody and they you can get STD. And there are several locations in yes, the city. Yes, I actually don't yes. have them memorized. But, but the point being that in San Francisco, again, another reason why I love this city so much, um, that it is accessible here. Yep. And they're very proactive, it seems to me, that they, they want us to get in there and, um, you know, be tested for STDs and whatnot, and um, uh, so on and so on. I, they have an agenda. Can you go into San Francisco General and do that? Um, for, you know, for testing? So they have um, the San Francisco emergency room. You will wait a very long right. time. They have fabulous doctors and nurses, and you can get treated, but I don't think that's the best place for a walk-in. Yeah, yeah but, but it's a good place for PEP. Post-exposure mm -hmm. prophylaxis. If you have an incident and you feel that you may be at risk, immediately to San Francisco General for to to get into treatment. Yes. <laughs> so that's syphilis. Uh, let's see, what else do people get? Gonorrhea. Uh -huh. Tell us a little bit about that one. So uh, gonorrhea and chlamydia, we usually uh, test and treat both of them together because they uh, often coexist. Um, and that's one where you can have no symptoms so again we suggest oh, that's regular, scary some regular screening because it's possible that you might not have any symptoms and when you get screening we actually recommend um all the holes yes yeah uh, uh, oral swab rectal swab and penis and, swab yes yeah, but we don't have to do penis swabs anymore you can just pee so it's oh right, that's I, when I was yeah. at the STD clinic on Howard and Seventh. Um, I I did, yeah. um, give up a urine sample. Yeah, and, um, it's a lot easier that way. I had a very lovely German doctor. She and she, ex, you know, checked German. out all my holes uh -huh. and yeah. all that kind of thing. Yeah. And so you can have no symptoms, but the prominent symptom that you might have that most people get if they do have any is a discharge. So you might have a little bit of burning when you urinate, and then like a. You know, white discharge. Unlovely. Gonorrhea. I knew one of them had a discharge. <laughs> <laughs> so That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Gonorrhea more than chlamydia. Um, yeah. uh, let's do one more. Hepatitis B. That one mm -hmm. seems elusive to me. Hepatitis B. What's going on with Hep B? Yeah, so Hepatitis B can be um, a sexually transmitted disease. Um, a lot of people get vaccinations for it when they're younger. Um, so some people may already be immune to Hepatitis B. A lot of times you'll, you'll get vaccinated when you have to go to school or if you're in healthcare settings. Um, but uh, Hepatitis C is um, another one that is transmitted through blood. Um, and... Uh, yeah, those are both public health concerns. I think the hepatitis C more than B because we don't have a vaccine for that one. For hep C you, you, or hep B, which one is you, hep for C? Hep, you, for hep B, we do have a vaccine, but for uh, hep C, we do not. Gotcha. Well, we have treatment now that mm -hmm. we can, yes. yes we can cure have, hep mm -hmm. C. Yeah. Is there something beyond hep C now? Isn't there a, 
there a new another hepatitis? Yeah. There's just A, B, and C. Yes. Mm -hmm. right. There are like very, very rare other types, but that don't really cause problems unless you're um, in very rare cases. Yeah. Right. So condoms are good for preventing those types of STDs. Yes. So, yeah. For I mean, they're really the only ways that we have for gonorrhea and chlamydia and syphilis. And they are free in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even PrEP, I think, is free or heavily discounted. It really, you know, PrEP, it really depends on the insurance. Um, so that's kind of an issue, I think, that needs to be addressed. And there is a lot of advocacy going on with insurance companies trying to push the cost lower um, and to gain more access. Do you think um, it's because it's still controversial? You know, I think it's just because it's fairly new. Um, I'm not totally sure what goes into all of that. I think it's it's new and it's considered a specialty drug because it's still, you know, an HIV medicine. So I think a lot of insurance companies have it on the higher tier level because they consider it a specialty drug instead of a drug that can be used for prevention, which really should be cheaper. Gotcha. Wow. Well, this has been really enlightening. Uh, and thank you so much for coming on House of Pride Radio this You're evening, welcome. this afternoon, and, and um, you know, giving us to the uh, the play by play on all of the new and exciting uh, treatments. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we have we have an, a new study coming, and uh, it's um, I want to I want to uh, let let Alisa tell you about this. We are very very excited. Can it's, I can I propose that sure. we take a short musical break? Um, I, I noticed that uh, Ken Henderson has walked in, and of course he's uh, the um, executive director of the Richmond Emirate aid foundation which is related in a way i would say to what you guys are working on in that yeah it, yes. you know raises money and awareness Absolutely. uh and i know he's on the timeline so can oh, we yeah, sure. take a short musical break and uh -huh. get him in here okay folks don't go anywhere we'll be right back after this 1979 uh, mary wilson song uh off the red hot album uh john it was you know of course the first song was red hot get closer to your mic please Red hot. But the follow-up was... <laughs> the follow-up was, I've got what you need. Folks, here it is.
yeah, you can get what you want, and I hope everyone gets what they want. Um, we're back at House of Pride Radio. Now, before we get 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 into Ken's story, you guys are going to wrap it up with one more topic of discussion. Yes. Yes, uh, we have a new a new study. Please, Alisa, tell us, tell us about this. <laughs> okay, this so um, I was kind of alluding to this earlier that we have a new study that's really exciting and promising for kind of advancing the HIV prevention research world. It's called the AMP study. It stands for Antibody-Mediated Prevention. Uh, and basically, it's a study looking to see whether these um, newly discovered special broadly neutralizing antibodies can be given to HIV negative people to prevent HIV. So that's it in a nutshell. Um, we're gonna be doing the study here in San Francisco, but it's also going to be international at sites in South America and uh, South Africa. If you wanna learn more about it, you can go to bridgehiv.org. You can also go to joinprep.org. And, and also sfisready.org. Yes, we are throwing a party to present this new study at OASIS this December 5th, this coming Saturday. If you would like to be interested to be with us, please visit our uh, our Facebook page. There's a link and you have to uh, make your reservation that uh, uh, we are still trying to get more people in. If you re make your reservation so you get... Uh, in for free and stay for the mother the the show with Heglina later. So we're going to have a little party first, 9 p.m. and then everybody stays for the main show with Heglina. Okay. Stay for Heglina's party. Yep. <laughs> um, she was so gracious to to give us the the the, the place and to receive our guests and talk about this new study. And so we are connecting everything. And there's going to be food. Yes. And there's going to be food and you guys get your and own yes. drinks. <laughs> so um, speaking of staying, Garza, can you stay with me today a little longer? Yeah. Oh, sure. fabulous. Because I, I know Dr. Eliza has to leave. Um, let's have a nice round of applause for the doctor. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Will you come back again? Absolutely. Anytime you want. Fabulous. All right. Well, let's segue. Uh, I know Ken's on the uh, timeline. Welcome, Ken. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, you're welcome. Thank you for coming. Uh, so, um, so much to talk about, but you're the executive director of the Richmond Emirate Aid Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about what that's all about? Well, this is our 22nd year going into, and we were founded by two moms, uh, Barbara Richmond and Peggy Ermit, who lost their only sons to AIDS. So hence the name Richmond Hermit, which a lot of people stumble over all the time. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Most people are trying to make it something but or they think we're based in Richmond, but we're not. We're here in San Francisco. Um, so, but yeah, so we were founded uh, to raise money for local AIDS charities. And as of this last year, we've expanded not only to fund HIV programs, but also hunger programs and homeless youth programs. How many fundraisers would you say you do a year uh, to raise money and awareness? Well, basically, we have two major fundraisers we do, a big summer gala called Help Us on the Way, and then our holiday version, Help Us on the Way for the Holidays, which this is number 14. And we also do uh, cabaret shows. We call them one-night-only uh, benefit cabarets with touring Broadway cast. And that just varies from each year from how many shows are coming that we can work with. Fabulous. And Garzi, uh, it looks like Ken brought the uh, flyer. Yeah. They, why don't you, uh, it's, what a beautiful flyer. It looks like a, quite a gala experience. That's, uh, when well, is that going to be, Garza? Let me tell you, Twika, that this is one of the best, best shows here in the city. 
not only for the holidays, but through all the year. And uh, what a wonderful cast this year. Helps on the way for the holidays, Monday, December 7th. Next week. Ma- yes, Martha Wash, Mary Wilson, Steve Grant, Jake Simpson. Wow. Who else here? Oh, our local Carly Osar is coming. Nice. And Jason Brock isn't going to be in that show. We love him. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yes, Martha. What we interviewed Martha Wash two weeks ago, and she just said glowing things about your foundation. Uh, she's yeah, Martha's in, great. She's in New York, of course. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're going to be talking to Mary Wilson. It looks like in ten minutes. I can't believe it. I'm really nervous, John. Thank God you're here. Uh, Mary's a sweetheart. Yeah. She's, yes. she's just a, a real sweetheart. You'll love her. Oh, oh, oh great, great. Can tell tell us how we can get tickets. Uh, you can get tickets by going to our website, helpusontheway.org, or you can uh, call our ticket line, uh, 273-1620. That's 415, of course. I heard they're really selling quite well. Uh, basically, all the good seats are gone, so we do have some uh, performance-only tickets uh, still left, so call quickly because I'm sure they're all going to go before the weekend, before Monday. Folks listening to us now, um, this is quite the event, and it's, it has a holiday flavor. So if you're looking for something to do, uh, you know, with a Christmas uh, holiday spirit theme, this is the one. Uh, again, where is it going? The concert going to be at? Uh, Marie's Memorial Theater, and we call it a holiday concert more than a Christmas concert because we believe that. This is the spirit of the holidays, love, care, and compassion, and not necessarily one, you know, a religious experience. One denomination, <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, that's a good move. Um, so, uh, fabulous. Um, before we go on, I just want to give everyone, I have to do a pl- little plug to Gypsy Rosalie's wig and vintage store. We love her. And here's a card. If you go, if, whoever needs a wig... Take this card to the store, twenty percent off. Pass I, them around. I need one or two. <laughs> Give to the guards. No <laughs> They're here. Thank you, Tweeka. You're welcome. So, um, you know, how endearing is that? That two moms started the foundation out of uh, loss and sadness and built yep. this um, wonderful thing. You know, from their hearts. Yeah, and the moms were a story in themselves because they were lifelong friends. Their their mothers were friends before they were born. Uh, they're both native San Franciscans, and they'd gone their separate ways through, you know, getting married and moving away, but they kept coming back together. Can we say their names on the air? Barbara Richmond and Peggy Ermitt. Yeah. <gasps> gotcha. Yeah. Shout out to you ladies. What a, what a beautiful story. Unfortunately, neither of them are with us anymore, and they're... So many times they talked about their dream was be, there would be a cure for AIDS before they died, and... We're close. We're getting closer all the time, but we're not there yet. And you know, but we do everything that we do in their honor and their memory, and and their son's memory. So it's been a, quite an experience, quite a journey. And one of the wonderful things that uh, um, Richmond and Ermit Ace Foundation does for that community is that all this proceeds to support organizations working with HIV people. So uh, there are um, in many different ways that they are helping HIV population. So this this show, this organization is helping all the year through all the year to to this community. So um, and there are, tell us about our uh, where the, the beneficiaries can. Yeah, I mean our events we rotate beneficiaries for different events, and this particular event is really focused on youth. Uh, it's Aguilas, which is uh, an outreach 
HIV outreach prevention education for Latino youth and also Larkin Street Youth Services to support all of their services for homeless youth to try to get them off the streets and back being productive members of our society. Mm -hmm. And this yeah. is really wonderful. Thank you for doing that. You and, Joe, you and Joe have been working on this from the beginning, and it's really wonderful to, to meet you. Really. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's been a labor of love. Uh, sometimes a lot of labor and sometimes a lot of love. <laughs> I know, and I was there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was part of the show once, and I had the chance to dance with Rita Moreno. Mm. Oh, that's fabulous. How lucky me. Yeah. How long ago was that? That was uh, maybe five years ago. Kind yeah, of? it was about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. We've just done several of our shows, and uh, she's another great performer. Just like Martha and Mary, they're troopers that have been around, but their talent is ageless. How, how many people are involved in, in, in getting something like this off the ground? Help is on the way. It's, it's such a big event. Well, it's a huge event. It's, we're always looking for new talent. We're trying to bring in different... Well, this particular cast also features the cast of A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, which is the Broadway cast here. Uh, they're going to be doing a few numbers. And the resident show at the Marines Memorial Theater, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, is also going to be doing a big number in the show. So it's going to be so packed backstage. It's going to be a, a real challenge to see all these people kind of climbing over each other. The venue's big, right? The theater's about 550 seats. Mm -hmm. it's the backstage is small. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great theater. It's been totally restored over the years, and they put in new sound system, new lighting just in the last couple of years. So they're really generous, wonderful people at that theater. Mm -hmm. So one more time, folks. It's called Help is on the Way for the Holidays, number 14. Right. And it's at the... Monday, December 7th at the Marines Memorial Theater, which is uh, on Sutter, Sutter Street. Sutter and Taylor. And Garza, yes. one more time, where can folks Street. go to get those tickets? And they better hurry up if okay. they want to go. So, <laughs> you can get your tickets uh, by calling me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, oh. King, one more time, where can I get tickets? Helpisontheway.org. Yes. You heard it right here from the executive director's mouth. So <laughs> go to your laptops now or your telephones and make it happen. Uh, thank you so much, Ken. I know you're on the timetable. Uh, oh, great. I'm happy to come in. and You'll stay just a little bit longer so we can uh, wish. Well, we're going to say hi to Mary, of course. Fabulous. So let's segue uh, into that because um, in just six minutes, uh, we will be calling Mary Wilson, the legendary, iconic member, uh, one original member of the Supremes and now a fabulous solo career. Uh, we'll be calling her in just six minutes. Uh, so we, we, we want to play... Uh, we want to get into the new project. So what I'd like to do is actually start things off with a track from the new project, which is called Time to Move On. Yes, she has a new dance hit in the world right now in real time. Uh, what number, John, is it on Billboard? 23. All right. <laughs> number 23 on Club Play chart on Billboard magazine, folks. It's the real deal. And it's a fabulous, gorgeous project. It's called Time to Move On. You can find it everywhere on iTunes, Amazon. You just Google it. Time to Move On by Mary Wilson. Released, the mo this is one of the most exciting things for me, on a Bay Area label. It's called Sweet Feet Music, right? And that's I believe, is based in... San Francisco. All right. Isn't that fabulous? So I'm going to play a track while we get Mary Wilson on the phone. This track is... Uh, Which mix? I, I'm playing the Sweet Feet 
uh, team remix. Uh, it's called Time to Move On. And oh, it's on the CD. Here it goes. Check it out, folks. House of Pride Radio. Folks, this is such a special uh, edition. We were just listening to Sweet Feet's remix, Sweet Feet Team remix, and they're actually, one of the representatives are here. Hello. Hi, Tweeka. How are you? Uh, we're talking to Paul Brewer. We've got John here. Hi, John. Hello. Who else is in the room here? Tony. Hey, Tony. Mary Wilson fans. And, of course, Ken is still here. Hi, Mary. 
but she's not on. We're going to bring right now, we're going to bring Mary Wilson, legendary, iconic member of the Supremes and fabulous solo career. Mary Wilson, you're live on the air. Can you hear us? I can hear you, yes. Welcome, Hello, welcome. everyone. Hello, Mary. Hi, Mary. Hi, Mary. Hi, hi. <laughs> Mary, you've got a lot of fans here in uh, the room with us. Uh, we, I want to go across one more time. We have your, your friend, uh, John, with us. It's John. Hello, my dear. Hey, hey. <laughs> and we have... Uh, Tony. Tony, how are we doing? It's the San Francisco contingent up here. <laughs> And we have uh, the executive director from the Richmond Emirate Aid Foundation, uh, Ken. Hi, Mary. Oh, Ken. Can't wait to get hey. you up here. Hey, wow. Yeah, you do have everybody. Tony, <laughs> John, Ken. That's wonderful. And I will Paul's be here too, everybody honey. very soon. And then last but not least, we have the CEO of Sweet Feet Music Label, Paul Brewer, oh, here. Thank you. Oh, I feel yes, so important. Yes. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> so, Mary, we are over the hills here in San Francisco with the success of your new EP, Time to Move On. Um, how do you feel about having a song that's in the top 30 on Billboard Club Chart? Yeah, well, let me tell you, it's been uh, a whirlwind kind of uh, experience because I, I didn't even expect this. And, of course, Paul came along with this idea of uh, releasing this right now, which was quite a surprise. I recorded this song way back, I think it was 2001, in England with um, a young man by the name of Lee John. He was a part of a group called Imagination. Oh, yes, and Imagination. So, Great group from the 80s. Yeah, so he and I kind of like years ago just uh, recorded it. We did it at his house and the whole bit, and I thought it was just forgotten about and then all of a sudden, now years later, it's it's I've I've heard. Tell, correct me if I'm right, guys. Is now number twenty three on the dance charts. That is correct, number twenty three. So, yeah. So now this is this is something that's such a surprise because I haven't had a chart hit, a chart, a record to chart since I think the last one was I'm gonna let my heart do the walking, and then of course there was uh, Red one Hot. After that, uh, there was which one? Red Hot. Was, yeah, well, that was before that, I think, in 79. Well, uh, whatever, 79. Oh, right. And, I, I, I'm going to let my heart do the walking. That was a huge hit on the dance charts. I think it was the biggest dance hit of the year. Uh, yeah, that, I forgot which number it was. But that it was, was number like, what, three. Number uh, Heart to the Walking was number three on the disco chart. Oh, uh, okay, number three. I didn't realize that. Okay. So anyway, but all that was back in the 70s, you know. And so now, after all of these years, here, here this is, and I have to give my thanks to the guys, and especially to Paul, you know, and for John for working it, and 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 it's just been wonderful. And Tony, thank you. It's it's been, you know, just a, a surprise. What can I say? So I'm very, very thrilled. Pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at the beautiful CD now. There's actually physical CDs as well as all the digital stuff. And you your remix team is so impressive. Uh, just you must know some of these cats well I, I think more i think paul and john are, are more familiar with them than i am uh, well we have our and, own tweaker turner has remixed it oh, oh that's right i'm on there too but i i, I pale in comparison yeah, yeah, to all these no but honestly these guys are just have been in the business a long time they've had i think um mark's had it like 18 number one collaborations as a remixer so honey you are in good hands I'm in good hands, yes, and I, Dirty they introduced pa- me to Orlando, uh, 
who I guess is the person who was out there working it. And uh, From Citrusonic in Los Angeles. I'm sorry? From Citrusonic in Los Angeles. Yes. Now, didn't you tell me that he was he had worked on Madonna's and things Cor- like that? Correct. Her, yes. So, you know, it is a great team, and I'm, I'm just very proud to, to, to be the person that they're, you know, using. <laughs> and I can't wait. Uh, I played the song for a couple of people here in Los Angeles. Uh, I was at the Amoeba uh, uh, record shop. I think both Paul and John were there. And, uh, you know, it was the, I just played a bit of it for the crowd there, and they absolutely loved it. So that's a, a good thing when, you know, you play something and people immediately like it. Sometimes things have to grow. Music has to grow on people. But uh, that's... Uh, this doesn't have to grow on you. This can kind of hit you right there. So they liked it immediately. Sort of like um, I had read somewhere back in the Motown days that Barry Gordy would have a lot of, folks from the Motown house sit in a room and then he would play a new song and and if they raised their hands he knew he had a hit was it something like that well something like that they had a they had an A&R department there at Motown and and most of the well all of the writers and and producers would always attend these these little meetings oftentimes the the the, the artists were not there it was pretty much an in-house kind of thing with with the uh, writers and the producers and all that and yes, you know, they would have debates on if this one was good or this one needed more work and, and all those kind of things. I was never really privy to those meetings, but that's I'm told that's the way it did work, yes. Um, oh, Ken has to leave. He's on the timetable. Let's all say goodbye oh, to the fabulous... You know what? Well, before Ken leaves, now Ken is doing the, the, the AIDS benefit, yes? Yes, yeah. Well, we should, we should talk to Ken before he leaves. Okay. That's why I'm, I'm coming into town on the 7th to do... Uh, this wonderful uh, event. So, Ken, I need you to tell everybody what's going on. Yeah, we've been talking about it before we got you on the line, but it's, we're so excited to have you be a part of it. You know, you've been a part of a number of our events, and it's always a, an honor and a pleasure when you come back. Yeah, help us on the way, right? That's help us on the way for the holidays, yes. For the holidays, right, right. So I'm always very happy to to be involved. I'm always very happy that you guys call me to come in. And then I get a chance to see all my dear friends, like Tony and, and all kind of people out there. So, you know, I'm really happy to be coming in. And, and who else is on the show, just so I know? Who else is on the show? Uh, well, uh, Martha Walsh, as you know, I think. Oh, um, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, Sharon McKnight, you've met and know. She's done shows with you in the past. Jake Simpson, who won uh, Star Search two times. Jason yes, Brock. Yes. Um, it's it's a big cast. Uh, we got the Phantoms' leading ladies, uh, the three ladies who start as Christine on Broadway in the Phantom. Yes, um, yes, yes. So it's going to be gonna big. Be a, it's going to be a big, 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 big show. So everybody show up, okay? Yeah, and our newbie this year is Steve Grant, who was uh, had the big hit uh, smash oh. video on YouTube, uh, All American Boy. So oh, okay, okay. It'll be his first time. He's a new. It's a newcomer. Okay, that's all. So treat him right. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, so I will see you there, Ken, okay? Thank all right. <laughs> Let's have a nice round of applause for Ken Henderson. Uh, yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah, they, and they, you know, they have so many wonderful volunteers who um, volunteer to help on these shows. And so, you know, we need to know the people behind the scenes who do all the, the work. You know, we have, they have drivers to pick us up from the airports, and they have the food, and they have all kinds of... And people just donate their time, so it's a wonderful uh, event, and it's, it's it's I'm just very happy to be a part of it. 
It's going to be such an epic event, Mary. And uh, Ken was telling us the tickets almost sold out. If folks listening to us right now, you know, we, we already told you three times where to go get those tickets. So don't delay. Mary Wilson <laughs> will be one of the featured artists performing there on the 7th. We can't wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that's fun. So, you know, I have a lot to be, and, and Thanksgiving just passed, so I have a lot to be uh, thankful for. Um, and, and one of the things that I'm doing now, which I'm very proud of, is putting together a coffee table book, which I've been talking about for years, uh, regarding uh, all of the Supreme's gowns. Yes, so because uh, you have folks, everyone in San Francisco that's gay knows this, but maybe some mm-hmm. folks... Uh, outside of the city don't know that you actually tour with the gowns uh, have a life of their own so to speak yeah 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 they 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 tour they've been touring for a while and you know know, uh, we have about four or five sets uh, here at the Grammy Theater Grammy Museum here in Los Angeles and when I say four that means they're they're sets of three so there are quite a few of them but the, the entire gown collection consists of at least 50 gowns or more, and sometimes that that is not as much because they're old. You know, the gowns have been around since the Ed Sullivan days, so um, it, it it it's 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 something that I'm very proud of to be able to say that uh, this gown tours it opened up at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, there, and they curated it for me as well. So then it went to England, and you know, it was in Europe, and it just tours everywhere. In fact, we got a set now at the Liverpool museum in, in England at the Beatles uh, Museum. So, you know, they, they, they do tour on their own. I don't have to tour as much because uh, <laughs> I let the gowns tour, you know. <laughs> you let the gowns do the walking. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, are they going to be uh, making their way to San Francisco where you would have thousands of uh, drag queens adoring them? <laughs> well, yeah, you, you know, if, if people, uh, you know, yeah, I, I would love to have them there in San Francisco. I think it would be a great place. So, you know, like all the other exhibits that tour around, they're kind of handled by agents and whatever, mm. and all the museum has to do is just uh, inquire about, uh, you know, if they if they would like to have them that, at, there at any of the museums there. So, yeah, I'd love for that to happen. But, you know, there are some Supreme uh, gowns that were lost or stolen or just taken or whatever. I don't know. By a drag queen. You probably will see a couple, <laughs> a pair of our um, orange, we have some orange bugle beaded uh, pantsuit that the tops disappeared while we were in San Francisco one time. So there are some around there someplace. I don't know if they're still hiding. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna blame Juanita Moore on that. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> uh, wait, Tony. Tony took them. That was one of the folks have been sending us messages. You have a lot of fans here and one of them was has a drag queen ever stolen one of your gowns? Yeah, well, there, there, there are three jackets: uh, orange, kind of gold. And I said one set is one is orange and one is gold, and one is uh, maybe two were gold, uh, orange. But they are they they went missing one time we were in San Francisco, so I've never ever Ooh. recovered them. All never right. heard anyone say that they have them. So if anyone knows, let me know. There's a reward. Was it the, was <laughs> the, was the, was the, there's was a reward. The 
It must have been. I'm going to go up to the Fairmont and see if I can find them. Well, folks, I, if you're listening to us and you know who you are, uh, <laughs> this is your chance to come cling on December 7th by dropping them off in Mary's dressing room. We Wouldn't want that be you. great? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think it's going to happen. But anyway, so but it's always fun to come there, and I'm going to make sure that I, I wear my most gorgeous gown because they said that I should uh, definitely uh, come, you know, in a Christmas festive kind of, uh, of, of gown. So that's what I'll, I'll be doing. And, um, and then I have a couple of other wonderful friends there, so I want all my friends that uh, I won't get a chance to see Come on down to the show. Yes, definitely come to the show. Um, how many? How long is your set? Do you know? Oh well, no, no. They everyone I think only does one or two songs. Gotcha. So it's, it's a very yeah. It's it's a you know you get a chance to. It's a one shot deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but then of course I understand that Martha Wash is going to be there, and she and I might do something together at the, at the end of the show so you know oh, that's we would like that a lot yes. 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 Have everyone just lit up yeah in the room here <laughs> um oh i have a message for you mary from we were talking before about the new project time to move on and our promoter they're based in uh Los Angeles called, uh, what's the name, Paul, their group? Uh, Citrusonic Promotions. With Orlando, and he sent you a personal message. Here goes, listen in here, Mary, here goes. Hey, Tweeka, it's Orlando and Maria from Citrusonic. Uh, We just wanted to give a shout out to the legendary Mary Wilson, who I know is up there with you, and uh, we're excited and proud to be a part of a project with Sweet Feet Music. Time to Move On is flying up the Billboard Club Play chart, and we're happy to be a part of the ride. We love you, Mary. Peace. That's sweet. Uh, he sounds good on the radio, huh? <laughs> yeah, he does. He does have a good voice. Um, oh, but, that's uh, wonderful. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I tell you, I too have been receiving so many wonderful, um, you know, emails and 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 thing, uh, things from people congratulating me on on this this surprising, you know, uh, occurrence here with time to move on. So it's really great, and and I think that. Um, I might be out there doing some shows with it. I don't know. The guys talked about doing some dance shows or whatever. So maybe San Francisco will be the first place I will come to to do that. Uh, and I'm not, I'm very excited about it. Oh, well, definitely let us know. We'll do what we can to PR that. That would be fabulous. Um, so would it be okay if I asked you, uh, some of our listeners have been sending us questions to ask you nothing okay. nothing too risky just uh one okay. here's one from a drag queen named carney asada <laughs> she asks if mary were to collaborate with one of today's current chart toppers who would they be and why Ooh, gee <laughs> well that's kind of strange for me because i i'm i'm still into my old music like you know i love Smokey Robinson, and uh, uh, I'd love to collaborate with him because he's just great still. But I don't know about any of the newer artists because I'm not really into so much of what's going on right now. So I, 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 I will have to think about that. So mm, maybe yeah. this week I'll call you back and give you something. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, we have, I think we have actually a, a fan of yours that came here to the green room uh, by the name of Fatima, lovely young lady. Um, hi, Fatima. Hi. Hi. 
All right, this is your chance, honey, to ask Mary Wilson a question. Okay, my question <laughs> is, you know, you've been making hit songs, touring, and doing everything, you know, most of your life. I wanted to know, how are you still able to still pour, perform with that same intensity in every way all the way up until today? Well, you know what, I, here's what I say to a lot of, uh, when I do my little lectures and things like that and master classes, which I do all over the world, I tell them that whatever you are going to do or say, for instance, whatever job or whatever career or just whatever your f future is, always try to find something that you enjoy because, you know, not, it, not many of us are rich, so I mean, we got to work. So you might as well work at something that you enjoy because like with me with what I do after all these years sometimes our day is like 26 hours you know it's not just 24 hours and so if you're going to work that hard you might as well enjoy what you're doing so find a job or career whatever uh, and make sure that you enjoy it that's that's how I go on because I love doing what I do and you do it well very I well mean. thank you I'm still you know what I, I, I appreciate that but I'm still learning it's amazing um, Fatima this is another thing too it's never over you know what I mean you don't just do something then that's it you, to me I continue to learn like right now I'm taking acting classes and I'm taking those because well you know I am a singer I, I have written books so I'm an author um, but I also still want to learn and do more do different things so uh for me mm -hmm. this acting the acting classes that i'm doing are very difficult i mean it's it, to act is not easy if you're going to be really good so well you have acted uh, i've seen you in a couple of uh movies or something in the past haven't you well i've done oh i've always you know stuck my foot in, in it a little bit i mean i've, I've done off-broadway plays uh, I did uh, vagina monologues. I've done a couple of <laughs> a couple of, of bit parts in, in, in movies, and, and I was, you know, still a novice at it and all kind of things. But I, yeah, so I've decided now to actually commit to it and, and mm. really take the class. So all this year, I've been taking acting classes here in L.A., even though I live in Las Vegas. So I'm doing this now because I figure, well, you know, after all these years, I, I, I want to still continue to to grow and so that's why i'm doing it um yes don't you think that's a great idea guys yeah. <laughs> absolutely whatever you do we love yeah you're beautiful well thank you i work at it <laughs> um we have one more question coming in actually okay. live um the question is uh and then we harken back a bit to the Supremes. Uh, the question is, what was it like to be a Supreme? I bet you get that a lot. <laughs> it was what it was like. It was like being Cinderella's. You know, I always say black Cinderella's. Uh, you know, we were like black American princesses, but we, we really were little princesses, princesses. <laughs> and uh, it, but because we're talking about a time, especially here in America, when as a black woman, it was not, as a black person, it was not a very popular uh, thing to, to, to be at the time. It's not like today, you know. So for us to have made it and become very famous in 1964, well, that was incredible because prior to that, uh, black people weren't hardly seen on TV. If they were, they were, as we always say, in the capacity of a maid or a janitor or something like that, never, uh, you know, the star. 
So for us, being for me, being a Supreme was just incredible. I mean, we were on television every single Sunday on the Ed Sullivan Show. We did the Flip Wilson Show, the Sonny and Cher Show, the Dean Martin Shows. I mean, we did everything. We And then we toured Europe. And, we, you know, as I always said, we wined, wined and dined with kings and queens. We hung out with the Beatles, with the Rolling Stones. So, you know, we did all those great things. We opened a lot of doors for black people, not just the Supremes, but, I mean, yeah. people like the Supremes, and especially Motel. I think that is uh, one of your legacies. I I think that's one of the legacies that you might not have seen at the time, but one of the most important ones is that you broke down barriers for people. Yeah, we we certainly did. I mean, you know, I've heard Oprah Winfrey on TV say, you know, when when the Supremes were on Ed Sullivan, we say, hey, the black people on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've hung out with uh, Whoopi Goldberg a lot, and I remember she, she did a bit on TV. Uh, where she came out singing that uh, pantomime to Diane song, and she had her head turned, uh, her body turned to the uh, audience. And when she turned around, she says, I know y'all thought I wanted to be Diana Ross, but I wanted to be Mary Wilson. And, you know, to me, that was really a wonderful moment because people did emulate us, you know, each of us. I mean, Florence Ballard had her, her and still does have her, um, you know, sort of, uh, uh, people that follow her. I mean, we really did impress the world uh, because we were one of the first to come out being three black women, successful, famous, and whatever. And so, yeah, it was it was a great feeling. I, it was a great feeling of accomplishment that only even now I really understand, uh, you know, how much we really did uh, uh, yeah. accomplish. I mean, and, and it resonates so strongly today uh and i think it always will be uh that way uh, because um i think you broke the mold as what the perfect girl group would look and sound like uh i mean and you, and you know but you know what and i gotta say this too we did big they on billboard they announced that we the supremes were the number one female group of you know of, in the day but you know i had so many and mostly girl groups are my friends and we're still friends um, but my favorite group was the Shirelles. I love. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, the four you ladies, know, um, I, I believe. Was it love, four? Yes, it, originally they were four. Love them, but so many great female groups. So what made the Supremes set out from everyone else? Not that we were better than any other group, but I think it was the the the, the ten number one records or the twelve number one records uh, going into the seventies. It was twelve. And, it, you know, we had more hit records than anybody else. Not that we sang better or anything like that, but we also then had the glamour. And then we had the records. So there were a lot of things, and we were seen a lot more on TV than a lot of other acts, so the female groups. So I think that we kind of just, we were in the right place at the right time, what can I say? <laughs> now I have another message for you from uh, um, Sarah Dash from the group LaBelle. Oh, cool. Yeah, Sarah and I keep up all the time. She sends out great, great uh, prayers that uh, I get. She sends emails out all the time, so I always read what uh, Sarah sends every day. Well, she says here, she texts, uh, she sent us on Facebook, uh, Mary Wilson, she is one of the hardest working women in the business. She is kind and generous uh, spirit, uh, and she's never too busy for her family and friends. 
And then she goes on to say, we've been, that you guys have been friends for a very long time and um, uh, fighting for vocal group rights and so on. That's interesting. Uh, Is it really that shady where other people will take your group identities and, and try to perform with them? Oh, yes, and, and, and people like Sarah Dash, myself, we had a lot of people in, uh, 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 in, in other groups who came out, and we went on, uh, uh, you know, in, in Washington there, and we lobbied to get the laws changed, or added, let's put it that way. The Truth in Music legislation was done by a, a grassroots movement by all of us artists. And we did get and have actually gotten, I think it's 20-some, maybe 30-some states that have passed that, that, that law, that legislation into law. So, you know, it's not just me. It's a lot of us. And we had to do that ourselves because there was no one to back us. When I say ourselves, it was the artists and people who understood that people are – it's like um, right now you see on TV, TV where identity theft. It's the same mm. thing. They mm. steal our identities, which is our names, and then they put their group out, uh, and and they say, "Oh yeah, we recorded this in 1964," and they're only 25 years old themselves. You know, it's like, how can that happen? So yeah, it's one of the things that we still have to fight for, and uh, still will until you know we take care of it. So I thank uh, Sarah for bringing that that up to my attention as well. That we still are doing that. Hmm. Um. Oh, we have a question right here from the control room. Go ahead. Uh, this is Tony. Mary, a couple years ago, actually more than a couple, you did a wonderful jazz show at the now defunct Raz Room. Are you still doing that show? Oh, yes. I do that show. All, in fact, I was in Australia. I, I took it to Australia and, I, I, you know, here, everywhere. I still, But it's amazing because it's now that certain places have closed, there are not a lot of small venues where you can take that type of show. And I'm, I would love to do it again um, in other cities, but we got to have more places that have, um, you know, small venues yeah. that, will, that, that will do those kind of shows. Yes, I still do. Truly wonderful show. And my first one was right there with you guys, and you, you guys were there at the, uh, was it Raz Room, right? And it was the um, plus room. Oh, so much fun. I, I hate that that place closed. It was really oh, that's, nice. I enjoyed that it. was a fabulous venue. I saw you there. I I, rem- I heard you perform uh, Clouds, and I thought that was the most beautiful rendition I've ever heard. Yes, I love that. I love that. I love that song. That was uh, uh, Joni Mitchell's song. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, shout out to your hairdresser, Nikki Starr. Yeah, I was going to say, I want, I didn't want to forget, uh, definitely have to give a shout out to Nikki. Uh, Nikki always did my hair when I was in uh, there in San Francisco, and uh, and she was just so great. And I, when I come into town, I'm going to really try to get by to see her. So, hi, Nikki. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Nikki. We all say hi. Hey, Nikki. Love you, girl. Okay. <laughs> um, well, uh, again, let's just reiterate, you are coming here to San Francisco. How exciting is that uh, for December 7th live performance? Uh, when are you coming into town? Well, we'll prob- I probably will try to come in a day early so I can hang out with everyone uh, on the on the sun, uh, Saturday, I think it's Saturday or Sunday. Sunday, yeah. I'm coming in on Sunday, so I think me and the guys will go out. We normally they normally take me out, and we have a ball, you know, just hanging out. So we'll John, are you picking Mary up at the airport? We'll, we'll arrange that. We'll <laughs> okay. No, no, I have no, no. There's someone else picking me up, but we'll hang out that evening. Okay. 
Okay. Uh, Mary, I want to thank you, really. I mean, I, you know, being a lifelong fan of you and your music, and, um, I, you know, I've purchased your books. So you, you have a fabulous story. It was inspiring to me. Um, and now, uh, coming on our radio show, uh, thank you so much for your the, for the time and making yourself available to do this. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, and I can't wait to get there. <laughs> we can't wait to have you. Can't wait. <laughs> We're waiting. Everyone okay. say goodbye to the fabulous, iconic, fabulous Mary Wilson. Bye. <laughs> so bye, sweet. Mary. Bye. bye, Mary. Bye, bye, guys. Take we'll care. Bye, bye, Miss Padilla. Bye. Oh, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Now. Wow, that's fabulous, guys. What do you think? Awesome. Well, let's listen to another track from the Time to Move On EP, which, uh, as everyone has stated, it's number 23. Isn't that right, Paul? On the Billboard chart. What mix are you going to play, Twika? I think I'll play Leo Frappier's mix because we're going to call him. Oh, nice. Well, Leo's also, um, I don't know if you know, he's half of my production team called The Sweet Team. Wow, he's really getting his his oil canned. That he did on this project as well, which is a real slamming piano based house mix, the Leo Frappier Epic House Remix. Epic House Remix. You guys ready? We're ready. So am I. Oh, let me turn the volume up. That would help, huh? What a fabulous show. I just can't believe we just spoke with Mary Wilson. Can you guys believe that? I'm in heaven here. I'm really. <laughs> but we're back now, and then we have live on the air uh, on the telephone. Were, I thought you were in shock because you spoke with me, but whatever. I'm speechless. That's what I am, speechless. Right now we have live on the telephone. Guess who? Anybody guess? Leo Frappier. You're right. Leo, Frappier Leo can you hear us? Here in the house. Hey. <laughs> 
Nick. Hey, girl. Hey, Tweeka. Hey, Pearl. Hey, everybody. Well, Pearl's not here. John's sitting in for Pearl. John Lauren <laughs> Cursed. That's fine. And, I'll, be, and, I'll be Pearl for the evening. And we have uh, go. Let's go around the room. Who else is here? You may have heard of me. This is Paul Brewer from Sweet Feet Music. How are you? Oh, they're live in person. Girl, if I... <laughs> I have you guys met this. before? <laughs> and? I'm Eyes. I'm here. I am Tony. And this is John. That's... It's a, it's a peanut gallery of fun. Um, Leo, we were just listening to your mix, the Epic House remix. Yes, thank you. Did you enjoy it? Yes, we're going to close it out. We, we, we're halfway through. We're going to close out the show with the rest of it. But yes, it's fierce. Uh, what were you. you. What were you thinking when, what were the ingredients you were thinking of putting into it when it was, you know, handed to you to do? Well, um, I really love Classic House. And they ironically call it Future House these days, which is kind of a tongue-in-cheek nod to doing classic, you know, kind of, you know, Loveland-style house from the 90s. And it's really kind of in, and I've always loved that piano-driven house sound. So that's what uh, direction I wanted to go with with uh, doing the remix. Good job. Um, Thank well, you. What do you think, Paul? Oh, I love it, but I'm impartial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Paul has, we, we have another horse in the race with Paul and my mix together as a sweet team. Exactly. That's right. But yes. they're, they're totally different. And yeah. that's what's great about this package is that we have a lot of mixes and a lot of different sounds, and they're all fabulous remixes. And I even, totally agree. I and was even just, there's I, a I lot was, of ho- I felt other very house proud mixes. And privileged to be part of the package, and uh, that's why I wanted to put my best foot forward. And it's a big package too. <laughs> uh, the remix package. <laughs> yes. How am I doing standing in for Pearl? I'm pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I knew really you good. would be once you just broke out of your shyness. Up, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Loosen your collar, so to speak. Well, the booze is flowing over here. I take another swig, girl. <laughs> uh, so, Leo, Leo, you seem like, to me, I always have this impression. You're always in front of, you know, your machinery making it happen, always working on new music and new remixes. How far am I from the truth? That's... Uh pretty much correct you know i have like a couple things coming out um, i'm enjoying the uh watching the billboard chart action on the sweet team featuring mary wilson for time to move on and uh yeah I, that's one of the reasons why i could not make it to your broadcast studio i'm sitting in my recording studio <laughs> oh can you give us a little you know exclusive what you're working on um what am i working on right now i actually just turn the studio off for the day but uh what is coming out now actually just came out yesterday and also last friday was two records um Mm -hmm. one is dirty disco featuring an i day new record called stranded and uh they are going to seek billboard promotion on that and also um what was the other one the other one was a collaboration with wayne g we did it so long ago then it finally came out through England, uh, through Fierce Angel Records, and it's a record called High, and the artist is Wayne G featuring Peyton, and Peyton is yeah. a wonderful English soul singer. And, We're Peyton uh, fans. It, it's a very fierce record. I'm very proud of it. And you just had a top five with Dirty Disco, and uh, with was that all there was? You yes, were... yes, with, oh. with Debbie Holiday. The fantastic Debbie Holiday. Yeah. That was a gr- that's a great song. Yeah, it's a great song. Thank Kim you. Mizell. Actually, I really enjoyed that mix as well. I enjoy the Alliance. I actually enjoy all the alliances, all the different partnerships I have in remixing and 
working together in the studio, working with you, Tweeka, working with you, Paul. You know, everyone. It's it's uh, it's really a joy to work with. Oh, that's sweet, and I'm I'm feeling your groove too, honey. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, we try to make a really fun experience in the studio. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you for taking the time for this shout out, and I want to invite you to come back at a, a future date for a longer, uh, you know, time with us if you're available. Absolutely. We I have a record coming out with BB Sweet Briar in January, and I think we were due to be on your roster then. Well, come on in for that, and we yeah, we'll do it up here with BB and yourself. Uh, that'll be fun. Awesome, awesome. Everyone, well, say goodbye to, to the fabulous Leo Frappier. Bye, Leo. Bye, Bye Leo. Now. Take Thank care. You. And Bye. I have um, some autograph time to move on CDs for you and Tweeka. Oh my God, no. Yes. <laughs> Whose autograph? Mine? Or? <laughs> John, we need to put a wig on you. Oh. <laughs> Have a great night, honey. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to be on the air with you. I, I love you all. Bye, love Leo. You too. Bye, hon. Uh, here's a message from Mark Picciotti. Picciotti. Hi, this is DJ producer Mark Picciotti on the Tweaker Turner Show on House of Pride Radio. And I'm really pleased to be here to talk about my most recent remix. Um, I was asked by Sweet Feet Records uh, to remix a great Motown legend that they had just signed, Mary Wilson. And, of course, I was honored to be asked. So I checked out the song. It's called Time to Move On. And it had a real soulful, gospel, uplifting feel to it. So I went that route, took it into the house arena, gave it a gospel lift with nice keyboards and really allowed Mary to take us to church. I did the remix with my partner, Craig Jay. Uh, he's my partner in The Absolute, which is a gospel house act of my own. And um, we're hoping the record uh, makes it to number one. I've had 22 number one remixes, and so I'm hoping that this will be my 23rd number one record. Well, things look like they're headed that way, John. We certainly would like that as well. <laughs> oh, just this just in. Speaking of Dirty Pop, here it goes. Hey, this is Drew G of Dirty Pop. Brian Koo and I are so happy to have been able to give Mary Bolson's new track, Time to Move On, our SoCal House treatment. We love you, Mary. Thanks. You bring it, girl. Bring it. Wow. So Dirty Pop has just had three number ones off of Madonna's last album. Folks listening to us now, you should go to iTunes, Amazon, wherever you want, and check all of these fabulous remixes out right now. You have some of the top players on this Time to Move On project. And the best part is, not only is it the fabulous Mary Wilson, but the label is based right here in San Francisco. And you can't get any better than that. So the project's called Time to Move On by Mary Wilson from the Supremes, number 23 in the country on Billboard Club Charts. Go now, download it, support your local artists and labels and producers and remixes, so on and so on. Did I say that right, Paul? That's yes, you did. Perfect. <laughs> uh, oh, Fatima, how are you? I'm good. You have a big show coming up tomorrow. Yes, um, at Balançois. Um, yeah, I'm going to be performing with Tweeka Turner. And I hear she's crazy on the stage. That, that Tweeka Turner. Yeah, I don't. Know you you give me too much credit, Fatima. I'm just I'm just I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not my show. I want to be clear. I'm just the DJ. 
and I but I love being a part of it. It's really. Uh, and cruising de low, she comes. Down. Oh, I don't want to give it away. It's cruising de low, like the bathroom. De low. <laughs> <laughs> okay. there's, there's, it's not French. <laughs> she comes down from the ceiling. I'm gonna just give it away. She comes down off of the balançoire, and it's so cool. Yeah, so it's her show. It's a, it's this new drag show, Paul, and it's at Balançoire. Um, where, is uh, where is that at? That's on a mission uh, between 21st and 22nd. Yeah, and it, it's now going to be every Thursday at 8, every 8, Thursday. 8 p.m. And it's free. That's even better. Yeah, it's free, and they have good food there. It's they always do have a good blast. Food. Yeah. It's always a blast. And there. I believe their drink specials, happy hour drink specials all night. So you can't go wrong there. Because they want people to come and enjoy themselves. Oh, yeah. But Cruzin puts on a fabulous show, and she books the best performance. And, and it, so it's, it's kind of like an alternative, a juxtaposition between what you would see on RuPaul, glamour, like high-polished high drag. This is more like, reminds me of Tranny Shack or more on Vanguard. Not to say that old you... Old school San Francisco. Old school. Not to say that you are that act, because it's a variety show, mm-hmm. too. Variety show as well. So there's that, and then there's like talent like Fatima what are you gonna bring I'm gonna sing um I'm gonna my goal is to switch it up every week um well to actually recycle the same three numbers no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> well this week I'm gonna do a cover um so um yeah that's what I do I actually sing and play the piano but I, that's kind of difficult to just Lugging a piano. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So (laughs) so I'm going to do a cover with a track this week. Okay. And um, you're you're hot off of this really successful run of... What's it called? Barbary Coast Review. Barbary Coast Review, yeah. Tell us a little about it. Oh, it was fun. I got to be Madame Atoy, a Chinese madam. She was the second Chinese woman to come to San Francisco in the 1800s, became a millionaire. So um, a little typecasting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, she's definitely an inspiration. I'm just, I'm just so honored to play her. She's an amazing woman. I'm, I'm very lucky to have played Madame Montoya. Oh, and those costumes you wore that not to die yeah, for. Yeah, by Lorraine Bishop. She did the costumes, and she actually also made a dress for me after she met me there. She made a dress for me, which you guys can see if you come to Balançois. Is there also a uh, a web page or a Facebook page that people can check you out, what you do? Eyes, yeah. E-Y-E apostrophe Z. That's my name. And I'm on Reverb Nation and, um, you know, all the other uh, social network type sites. Instagram. On Instagram, I'm Miss Eyes. In fact, I'd rather people add me on Instagram because... Facebook is changing their policy, so I won't be on Facebook too much longer. Gotcha. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, thank you for stopping by. I loved your question. That was a a good one. Oh, and by the way, kudos to Ladybug, Miss Christine Ladybug Gilmore, who asked that question uh, that I read uh, from Facebook. So I forgot to mention her name. Um, We want to thank all of our listeners today. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, What Pearl would say now, John, is uh, this is the section of the show where we wrap it up and we, we go around. So she would say, last thoughts. Why don't you take the honors and... Okay. Last thoughts. Uh, well, I'm I'm glad I'm here tonight, and I am looking forward to seeing Mary this weekend and going to the show on Monday. Mm-hmm. How's that for a thought? Good one, Larry. Oh. Uh, 
Tony. Tony. I learned so much about syphilis. Thank you so much. Oh, wow. <laughs> How do you feel about gonorrhea? <laughs> I'm against it. Oh, you're against it. <laughs> I second that. Um, Fatima? Oh, man, I'm just so happy to, to speak to someone like her. It, I mean... It, Are you inspired? Absolutely. I mean, as a singer, as a younger singer, up and coming, I'm just so inspired that to keep doing what I'm doing, you know? So. Awesome. Paul? Well, I'm really happy to be here, and I think this is my first time on your radio it show, is. isn't it? But so <laughs> I, well, hopefully not your last. Not my last. I just wanted to take the time to thank you, Michael, and I also wanted to thank Mary Wilson, Mark Picciotti, especially Orlando and Maria, for helping us move time to move on up the charts and go on ebay and buy the promo cd people we, we gotta pay the bills oh there's also a gorgeous 12 inch red vinyl and we'll be putting that out in the middle of december so everybody can get that but we're trying to get rid of the cds this so my thought is buy the cd people <laughs> i second that because you don't actually get a lot of um times uh, when there's a release to buy a physical and there's actually a beautiful booklet designed by yours truly that opens up with liner notes so it's more of a collectible and uh that's a nice there's touch. a very limited amount of these we're making available on ebay so, so what would people type up. in would they just time to move on time to move on people it's time. That's easy. ABC one two three. Uh, I want to throw. We have three minutes. Uh, throw a question at everyone. Uh, favorite Supreme song when it was Diana Ross and the Supremes. John. Well, that's not fair because my favorite Supreme song of any era would be "I'm Gonna Let My Heart Do the Walking." But if I that had was to my second question. But if I had to choose a <laughs> Diana Ross era, then I would have to say "You Can't Hurry Love," tied with reflections. Okay. Tony? Reflections. Mm. Baby love. That one. Oh, oh, girl. We got a singer in the house. <laughs> I'm going to say stop in the name of love. It's classic. Yeah. Can that's, you do that? Can you well, do that's because Paul just likes to make that hand gesture. But. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Get out of my face. <laughs> and I'm going to say you keep me hanging on because I performed that as drag queen several times at the <laughs> tranny shack. I think I clanged to a pole one time. Uh, yeah, so that one is in dear to my heart. Okay, and then um, post Diana Ross, favorite songs, John? Well, I'm going to let my heart do the walking, but I do love some of the album cuts off that first album, like Loving Country. I love that song. I just, I oh, can listen to that. That break is amazing. Yeah, I, I love that, that song. song. And also the B-side to Up the Ladder to the Roof, which, which is Bill, when, were you, when are you coming back? I love that oh, as nice. well. Um, That's all you get is one or two. No, wait, 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 wait. Then off the second album, I like. <laughs> Go ahead, Tony. Nathan Jones. Oh, you've been gone too long. Oh, yeah. Covered mm -hmm. by Bananarama. And you're young, Fatima, so this is, I don't know how much of a stretch it is, but post-Diana Ross' favorite Supreme song? Yeah, the same, the same as his. What? Because that's Nathan the one Jones. that I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Paul? Oh, I would have to say, I'm going to have to say the Touch album, mainly because Annie Lennox of the Eurythmics was also very influenced by that album. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stick with Stoned Love, an amazing song for the all intro, ages. Right, the intro. Um, a war song, actually, at heart, uh, written by, I can't remember the name, but uh, Mary found him. Uh, does anyone know the name of that writer? He only he wrote was one a young song. Frank Wilson and Timmy. He was a young kid, wasn't Timmy he? Timmy Thomas, he was. but they spelled it backwards. It <sighs> gotcha. Um, and I'm going to 
outro with an underrated song, in my opinion, from before they broke up, late in, I would say mid to late 70s, and it's called You're My Driving Wheel. Oh, yes, that's a good one. Folks, it's a disco hit. <laughs> number five. Yes. Uh, folks, join us next week, Tony Moran. And, and is he, is he going to be in San Francisco? No, we're doing live telephone from. He's he's in L.A. He's in, okay. Uh, and not only that, but Sarah Dash from LaBelle. Oh, she's in Jersey. Get she, yeah, yeah, da da. Thank you, folks, for joining us. House of Pride Radio every Wednesday, six to eight p.m.
food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's mutinyradio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in. Turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear. The news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon, on Mutiny Radio. Hello, comrades. This is your comrade, Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program, Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m., broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, 
listen to my comrades in stand-up comedy march honorably through their cold balance sets and other comrades make fun of them because in mother 